<laughs> I was wondering what that was. I freaked out. That's me beard rubbing on the mic. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Theory Time Podcast with myself, Dino, Hello. and Cam. Hi. Now, in this episode, we're going to be covering the theory topic, safety and your vehicle. If you haven't listened to our first episode yet, I recommend doing so as it has all the info for how we understand this whole podcast works. But just as a quick recap, we have six questions throughout the pod, three in the first half and three in the second half. Cam will read the question, give you four possible answers, giving you 10 seconds to think of that answer. But before we jump into the questions, Dino is going to tell us why the topic safety in your vehicle is important to know. Yes, I am. So the safety and your vehicle section of the theory test. So that consists of questions about rules of the road, um, legal requirements um, and stuff about keeping you safe and others safe. Um, it also tests your knowledge as well on how you are your vehicle actually works. Um, so yeah, so things like your brake, your suspension, that kind of thing. Now, hopefully that description clears that up for anyone wondering what this part of the theory test actually meant and why it's important to actually know this. So Cam, what is our first question for today? So here's our first question. When will your vehicle use more fuel? Is it when the tires are underinflated? When your tires are different makes? When your tires are overinflated? or when your tyres are new. So the answer to this question is A, when its tyres are underinflated. So when your tyres are underinflated, just to give you a heads up, your engine's having to work harder to push your car along. So meaning that you're going to be using up more fuel. So you should always check your tyre pressure um, probably every couple of weeks, just with a sort of a reliable or accurate tyre pressure gauge. You know, you can go to the garage or something like that, you know, normally have them there. Uh, but yeah, check them every couple of weeks. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the second question of the pod. Okay, so here's our second question. Which of these four options cause the most damage to the environment? Is it choosing a fuel-efficient vehicle, having your vehicle serviced regularly, driving it in as high a gear as possible, or making a lot of short journeys? And the answer to this one is D, making a lot of short journeys. So if you're making a bunch of journeys, um, short ones that aren't really necessary, such as driving around town, going to the corner shop, um, instead of walking, and it's only sort of a five or 10 minutes walk. So that's the kind of short journeys we're on about. Um, the reason is it's obviously not good for the environment and you're actually polluting the air more than you should be. So ladies and gentlemen, walk, cycle to the shop if you can. You know, sometimes obviously if you need to go to McDonald's or something like that, you can't obviously cycle there because they won't accept you for the drive through. Just as I've tried. You can what? You can go in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Well, that's all right then. Through yeah. the entire week of August, you get 50% off the menu. Plug to Mackie. I know, that's what I see. We're just advertising Mackie. Well, if you want to advertise us, it'll cost you just a McChicken sandwich with me. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we could do all three of us if you want. No, no, just me. I'm a pilot. Okay, now for the third question of the pod. So, here's our third question. Four options again. What does EcoSafe driving achieve? So, is it increased fuel consumption, improved road safety, damage to the environment, or increased exhaust emissions? So 
So the answer to our third question is B, improved road safety. So for anybody out there wondering what eco-safe driving actually is, it's basically just driving that contributes to road safety while also being environmentally friendly. So it can obviously save you fuel, save you fuel costs, um, save you wear and tear on your vehicle, that kind of thing. We actually mentioned one of the ways for eco-safe driving, um, which is checking your tire pressure regularly. Um, so make sure you're doing that as much as possible to be eco-safe when driving. Okay, so that is our first three questions for this episode, and we'll be right back after this short interval for our next section of the pod, which is driving stories. Okay, welcome back to the second part of the podcast, and it is driving stories. So, this first driving story actually comes from a girl called Julie Eagle, who lives in Brighton. And before I read this one out, I'm just going to warn you that this may be the weirdest one we ever get on this podcast, so here we go anyways. She wrote, I got into the car for one of my first ever driving lessons when I saw that on the dashboard and car door, there were plastic fruit toys taped to them. (laughs) 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 I'm putting a banana salad taped to me door. So her instructor saw her glance at him with an odd look and it was like the floodgates opened and all those mouths in frustration just came pouring out. Apparently he'd been teaching this middle-aged woman for almost a year at this point. She kept failing the test once because she had to turn right onto a roundabout so that would have been driving head on to another car. Another time she was told to drive towards a certain town and she stopped the car in the middle of the road to carefully read the sign in front of her. Oh nice. So Julie asked the instructor, why not just tell her to turn left if you already know she's kind of incontent? And her instructor told Julie that she had huge problems telling apart left and right. So this is the bit where the plastic fruit pots come in. If you just want We're not going down a bit of a dark road with that, don't worry. So that week he had given up on debating difference, so he taped his son's toy fruits on each side of the steering wheel so he could go turn towards the banana please, which seemed to work much better. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that one? I don't think you can sit your practical driving test and you have your instructor has to inform the examiner. Is that there left anything and in the right? DSE regulations to see you cannot have plastic fruit selective? Is that your just car? not like you walk up the test and you've got a little bag of plastic, plastic, plastic fruit? fruit I mean, when I look at a banana, I think, yeah, turn right. Think, yeah, turn left. So if, if you shout pineapple, she will slam on the brake. I think that's just. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that one. Can you imagine? That is brilliant. So what I was thinking as well, like, would a car, if like, let's say she does pass this for some miracle, will a car have plastic fruits taped on inside it when she actually gets one? Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, you, you couldn't go to Vauxhall and ask them that, though, could you? What, are you going to, instead of chucking in some car mats, can you chuck in yeah. a plastic banana and apple? Um, you could probably ask them, they're probably just going to go, no, no. No, we don't do that, sorry. We do a full tank of gas, but not the plastic fruits. Uh, I mean, that is... What if she stole them from the driving instructor? That poor kid's going without plastic fruit. <laughs> How is he going to know what he's finding today? Why are you still on? Why are they still selling to when he's on his next lesson? Like, is that now a permanent fixture in his car? I oh, know, I'd totally keep he must it have on. Just history away and then just forgot. That's like, probably when he got there and then realised, and then she's opened the door, walked in, seen them, and then he's just red faced, like, oh. Well, he might be red faced, or he might be driving around right now on a lesson, telling somebody, turn towards the banana. Might be his new thing, like. Turn towards the banana, turn towards the apple. Just immediately after that lesson, gets, I don't know, Steve in the car and just goes, what, what, what are these? And he's just like, just ignore them, but if I shout banana, you're going left. 
well, I think uh, each of their own. I think everyone's got their own teaching style, haven't they? Each instructor. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now, this one, uh, driving story number two comes from Tara in Blackpool. So she says, my first instructor was horrible. The most stupid thing he had an issue with was that I didn't want to hit a pigeon. I checked all my mirrors and it was completely clear country road so I slowed down to let the daft bird fly away and once it was out of the road I carried on. Still no other cars around so no danger there. Now the instructor she was with said that it was wrong to do that, she shouldn't have changed speed and the right thing would have been to go and just run the pigeon straight over and kill it. So the instructor well, must be a little bit uh, mean. Yeah. I well, think the instructor's in the wrong personally. <laughs> well, really? My opinion slightly different. Uh, <laughs> so I mean obviously you're on a country road there's nothing you know it's it's not going to harm anybody or anything by slowing down and letting the pigeon fly off however the call. I'm sure well possibly I'm sure the stance is um, that if there's an animal on the road mm-hmm. like I'm sure I've looked into this before because I think quite a few years ago me one of my parents hit a dog um, so that was obviously a traumatic time so you do a lot of research into these things when someone scars you were you in the car at the same time oh yeah I was you were in the car uh, I was Did you probably, oh. probably him driving oh, um, so I'm seeing she so now you know it's me mum yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so she pulled over um, rang me dad at the time and then we ended up going to I don't know whether it's still Sainsbury's now but we ended up going to Sainsbury's yeah, it's, it's, it's a very traumatic experience um, but anyway but I think the stance is really regardless of anything you, you meant to not change your change your lane change your approach speed or anything like that you meant mm-hmm. it I'm sure you meant to hit it like, and I know it's awful to see it nobody wants to kill an animal no, right, no. when they're driving but I'm sure the stance is that you're meant to hit it to avoid possibly injuring any other human bystander. I, I would agree with that on if it was busy, so if that road was rammed and everyone's doing 60 miles an hour, then yes, I'd agree with that. But if but in her circumstance, she said there was no cars or anything yeah, around her. if you so. checked all your surroundings. No, but if you start getting into that, so okay, there was no cars around her at that point. I can understand why she was angry at having yeah. her and being told that she should have really just hit the bird. I mean, to be honest with you, that bird's going toe to toe with a car. It probably just hit what it's got to get. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to be in that sort of mentality, do you? Slowing no. down for, for animals because it could be in a completely different situation next time. I mean, the situation could go one of two yeah. ways, really, to be honest with you, Connor. So, I mean, obviously, the instructor had one opinion. Um, the she had another. student had another, right? I mean, she's obviously just too nice to hit a pigeon, really. I mean, me, I would have just, I would have plowed it down. I would have even slowed. I would have sped up <laughs> to make sure I hit it. I'm joking, by the way. I'm joking. So, just to finish off this story here, she then went on to say, I assume breaking gently to avoid that kind of thing would be appropriate. It's not like it didn't emergency stop. Sure, it's just a bird that time, but no one to slow down to avoid an accident seems like a pretty vital skill to practice anyways. It wasn't about who was wrong, but more than that he was really rude about it, apparently. So this was just one of many reasons she had to change instructor, and she then passed with her next instructor. So at least she passed. Yeah, she passed the test. I mean, to be honest with you, there's no need for the instructor to be rude. There's, yeah. There's ways and means to go about teaching people to drive, you know. You hear stories all the time about, you know, instructor shouting and yeah. not being acting professionally. But, you know, it's a high-pressure yeah. situation. One of the main things I found learning a drive is having a good relationship with your driving instructor, uh, just so you, can, you feel relaxed getting in the car. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good hour or two, however long you're doing your driving. So You don't want to feel under pressure, do you? Yeah. You don't want to feel like someone's just going to start shouting at you. Like, like, you don't want to be like, hit the pigeon, hit the yeah. pigeon! <laughs> like, definitely not. I mean, obviously you don't need to be rude to, to your students and stuff, so... Congratulations on passing the what was her name? Uh, Tara. Tara. Congratulations on passing your test. 
Um, and also congratulations for not killing the pigeon. Yep. <laughs> okay, so that's our driving stories done for this episode of the podcast. And now it's time to jump back into our final three theory questions for this episode. Okay, so here's our next question. You're carrying a five-year-old in the backseat of your car. They're under four foot five. A correct child restraint isn't available. How should you seat them? Uh, Behind the passenger seat, use an adult seatbelt, sharing a belt with another adult between two other children. So the answer to this question is B, using an adult seatbelt. Uh, the reason is, I mean, two of the other options, they require other people. Um, and that can cause more harm than good, especially if you collide with that person. Especially if it's an adult who would actually probably squish a five-year-old. <laughs> um, obviously, no one wants to squash a five-year-old, so definitely not. With a five-year-old having on a seatbelt, it also means that they have some sort of restraint on them to keep them from getting hurt. Okay, so now we're going to jump straight into question number five. So our fifth question is as followed. The fuel level in your battery is low. What should you top it up with? A, battery acid, B, distilled water, C, engine oil, or D, engine coolant? The answer to this question is B, distilled water. Um, so a bit of extra advice for people topping up the battery. Um, you should first check your vehicle handbook. And if necessary, make sure that all the panels in each battery cell are covered with fluids. Okay, now for our final question of the pod. All right, here's our final question. It is important to wear suitable shoes when you're driving. Why is this? Is it to prevent the wear on the pedals? To maintain control of the pedals? to enable your ability to adjust the seatbelt or to enable you to walk for assistance if you break down. So the answer to the final question is B, to maintain control of the pedals. Um, so there is a type of shoes out there you definitely should not drive in, so flip-flops. So any surfers or anybody out there that likes to wear flip-flops, please do not drive in them. Um, if you're actually caught driving flip-flops, I bet you didn't know this, but you could get up to a £5,000 fine, nine points on your license and possibly a driving ban just for driving in flip-flops. That's not something you want. I mean, I don't like feet anyway, so I don't really yeah. wear flip-flops. So it's definitely not something I mean, for me. You could wear socks with flip-flops. So you're not showing your feet. No, you can't. Many listeners have just switched off there. Socks with flip-flops. <laughs> All right, granddad. <laughs> Okay, so that is all our questions done for this episode of Theory Time, but we aren't done yet, as next up we have a Q&A section of the pod, which is basically any questions you have for me, Camo Dino, and we will give you the answers for them. Okay, welcome back to the pod, and this is our Q&A section. So, our first question comes from Callum from Cumbria, and he asks, what would your dream car be? Come. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I'd probably go something like a BMW M4, um, or like an AMG Mercedes. Got my eye on one of those. Can't afford it, but I like to look at them. Mm. Do you know what would yours be? 
Um, can this be a fictional car? If you want. Oh, you want. Actual <laughs> That's car. a dream car, yeah. Dream car. Lightning McQueen from the movie Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would you want him to like still be able to talk and have the face? Well, of course. I'm not just going to like want him not to have the face and not be able to talk. So you're going to have a car that can drive and talk itself? Yes. But you're then going to be a passenger in it? Or a car which can drive itself. Kind of. No, Lightning McQueen, not just any car. <laughs> Ka-chow! But uh, yeah, like, why not? Why can't it be? I mean, you might, how easy is that going to be? It's going to be like the future in it, where you just get in the car so, and it just takes you wherever you want to go. But this one can actually hold a conversation with I mean, it's going to be a bit weird. Not going to lie, I reckon Elon Musk will have Tesla do that in a few years. You know? <laughs> what? what like, Lightning they McQueen? Can, like, they can, <laughs> he's Ka-chow! mad like that, you know. He would. Like, you can already do self-driving cars on like motorways and that now. Yeah, Google does self-drive cars and stuff exactly. like that. So, All right. So, here's the one question I have, okay. Or Mater. Actually, I've changed my mind. It's going to be Mater, the pickup truck. That would just be so much of an enjoyable journey. But it's an animated film. Mm -hmm. So, if this car was in the real world, would you want it to be animated? Yeah, of course. Just a little bit like... um, what is it? Uh, Roger Rabbit? Who friend Roger Rabbit? <laughs> so it's a mixture of like cartoons and actual people. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I want an animated meter broken down pickup truck. That can take me wherever I want to go. That was maybe a meter impression. That was the worst impression from meter ever. But still. I'm glad that's in I, this podcast. I, honestly, I'm never going to live that down now. <laughs> um, how then, Jake? What's your dream car? So I don't think I'm going to be able to talk yours, not going to lie. It's li- mine's literally a fictional uh, truck. <laughs> I went all serious <laughs> as well. Um... So my dream car would probably be either BMW i8. Um, is that the electric one? Uh, I think hybrid. it's a hybrid. Oh, yeah. a hybrid. Okay. Supercar. Uh, I know they look quite nice. Uh, they've got decent interior as well. Um, it's definitely what you look for when you look for a supercar. Just the interior. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he went boot space. That's all he's after. Is it a spare wheel? I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but if that wasn't on offer, I'd probably go for a Lamborghini Aventador. Mm, very nice they are two completely different ends of a spectrum the colour actually I haven't uh, asked you about this what colour would you have like personally I would have white oh no would you get pass and go uh, would you get pass and go Brandon that's what most of our cars are white the PMG Brandon (laughs) mine would have to be rust coloured wouldn't it because meat is rusty Yeah. I don't want them looking brand new I want them looking rugged rugged and uh, ready to take us on a wild journey (laughs) I'd go something ridiculous like a, a luminous yellow. Is that just to be seen? Well, I am a hazard on the road anyway, so yeah, probably, yeah. If I'm doing 200 mile an hour in a souped-up Beamer or a Mercedes. Why, why would you be doing 200 mile an hour? Because I'm an idiot. Yeah, but you obviously wouldn't be doing that on the roads in the UK <laughs> where the maximum Beamer is, what, 70? Not so in this country. Yeah, so, uh, so we'll yeah, yeah. Just Germany. look out for uh, living calm in, on the roads. Go be living in Germany. <laughs> so anybody out there sees this bright <laughs> yellow supercar come flying towards you at 200 mile an hour, Get out of the way, please. Yeah. Get out of the way. It'll be calm or screaming I'll pull the Dino as well. <laughs> driving school podcast telling you about driving two in a mile. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to our second Q and A question, uh, which comes from Leah in Manchester, and she says, "If you were stranded on a desert island and you could only have one item, what would that be?" Come. Uh, well, I'm going to go with a generator. Um, for what? Although, I'm assuming Dino's answer is going to be a lot better than mine. Before, before, we move, wait, wait, before we move on to Dino, right, you've got this generator, like, what are you actually going to use it for? You've got nothing to power. You've, <laughs> you've just got a bit of metal. Just, I tell you what, right, <laughs> since you are arguing with us... You haven't thought that through, have you? So, no. When you're a desert island, what do you want to take with you? Sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> 
Like a bucket, a bucket would have been better than that. What am I going to do with a bucket on a desert island? Sandcastles. Sandcastles. There you go. Sandcastles. <laughs> Why not? Build yourself a house, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to imagine the sandcastle building all in little round buckets you get from the coast. He's so got the time. Oh, that you put your house. pennies in for like the machine. Someone finally rescues you. Hey, I've been building this house for 40 years. <laughs> I haven't quite got the bathroom finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> My toilet keeps collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you then so not generally a rubbish answer I'll go with a knife you can do a lot with a knife I'm I'm thinking survival you're thinking survival okay Jake what would your answer be Um, I would be MP3 player just like you'd have one of them MP3 players right I'd just have a huge playlist on like about 3000 songs and that uh, it's going to last you about four hours though, until the battery yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is, is, it, is, it powered by, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it powered by uranium so it's not going to die? It's a good point, actually. Um, Unless you had a solar-powered MP3 player. Yeah. Yeah, you could get a wind-up radio. Although it won't tune to oh, anything. No, it'll just be shh all the way through. Ah, the sound of white noise. <laughs> yeah, that would drive you slowly insane yeah. about the whole time. So an MP3 player and a generator. Right, okay, some good answer. Come on then, Dino. Well, if I had one item to take with us, Desert Island, it would be a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever thinks of just seeing a boat. Everyone thinks of these things that you... Now, is this boat going to be fueled beforehand? Um, So, what I would take is a sailing ship, like some sort of sailing boat, like a little boat with like a... A sail. A sail. (laughs) (laughs) One of them boats with the um, bed sheet. Uh, A sailing boat. What does it do? Ah. So, yeah, I mean, everyone keeps on thinking, yeah, I'll take a knife, I'll take a generator, I'll take an MP3 player. Oh, I'm going to take a boat. Oh, no, I'm going full bear grills. But you're stuck on a desert island, there's not really much. It's all right, I've seen what he does in, like, the Sahara and stuff like that. Yeah, it's I think I've seen what he does in the Sahara, and I don't think anybody wants to do that. <laughs> no. Anything comes to a Titan, he's got a weapon. If he wants to go get some food for, like, fish or something, go stamp some fish. Well, I'm not going to get a chicken, am I? How big is this knife? Bowie knife, probably that. I mean, no, I'd probably go a little switch smaller. Blade. Yeah, <laughs> three-inch blade. Yeah. So you've got a crocodile on this island. He's about to attack you, and you go toe to toe with a three-inch flick knife. <laughs> yeah, you can that. do a lot more with that than you could like a Bowie knife or anything like that. Well, I wouldn't even have to because I'd be on my boat sailing to the next island that wasn't um, a deserted island. It had. Uh, it's got a KFC on. Me next door neighbor's island. Ah. Just FYI. Um, is this some like yeah, weird animal crossing it's got, a, it's got a Tesco's so it's all um, sun built yeah it's not island actually it turns out it was just off the coast of Cornwall <laughs> <laughs> oh god I imagine trying to use a little sealant board in there <laughs> Jesus especially on the silly isles <laughs> Okay, so that is it from us on this episode of Theory Time Podcast. And please remember to check out next week's episode for more theory wisdom to help you pass your theory test. Bye. Bye. Bye.